We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host at DallasBasketball.com, Matt Galatson. And today we're joined by our other DallasBasketball.com uh, colleague, Grant Afseth. Grant, how you doing today, man? Well, I'm doing really good. I'm uh, I'm excited to be on, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as everybody knows by now, you know the Mavs they finished the season uh, forty-two and thirty. They had the three-way tie. The division title gave them the tiebreaker over the Lakers and the Blazers. 
and you know they ended up with the fifth seed and then the Clippers completely tanked their last two games of the season and uh, kind of angled themselves towards a rematch with the Mavs in the first round. So that's what we get. We get a four or five matchup between the Clippers and Mavs in the first round. And it's not going to be easy. It wasn't going to be easy, you know, whoever they ended up facing in the first round. But uh, I think they're more than capable of beating this Clippers team. Uh, I think they have a better chance of doing so this year than they did last year. So just from a, just from a broad perspective, before we get into uh, some of the the individual matchups and, and keys to victory, in your opinion, for the Mavs, I mean, would you agree with that assessment that it's it's probably more uh, more likely that they can beat the Clippers this year opposed to what they were up against last season? Well, I think um, I think it's definitely a different team. I think. Uh, in some ways, the Clippers are um, like a more talented team than they were last year with uh, adding more perimeter shooting, like with Luke Kennard. Uh, Reggie Jackson's been playing well. Um, and, you know, just different different changes like that. But I do think they're easier uh, to score against uh, as a result. Uh, like throughout the game, I think, um, uh, you know, second units uh, won't be as uh, strong defensively from them. So I think uh, I think there's like different advantages and disadvantages um, that uh, kind of come and go with the uh, the personnel changes. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned a couple things to me, you know, earlier before we got on here. But one of the first things you mentioned was the Clippers elite three point shooting. Uh, and you said it makes it challenging to to key in on Kawhi and PG. So I mean, other than Kennard, which you know he's he's a bomber. You know he can he can really shoot the ball. He's he's likely he's likely a pretty good upgrade from Lou Williams. Even though you know over the years Lou Williams has killed the Mavs, so it's probably a wash. We're just talking <laughs> just specifically Clippers versus Mavs, but. Uh, I mean, what? Who? Who else do we need to, you know, be watching out for in this series aside from Kennard? Honestly, when you go down the line of uh, their like spot up shooting efficiency, like Marcus Morris has been just an absolute sharpshooter this season. Like he's in the ninety uh. ninth percentile in uh, spot up <laughs> shooting, and then uh, like Nick Batum, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard. You know, Paul George is always a very good shooter. I mean, sometimes not in the playoffs, but, you know, just throughout his career, he's been a very good shooter. And then Kawhi Leonard's also been very efficient uh, in this area. And, you know, Patrick Beverly uh, as well. So they've got, like, a long uh, kind of set of uh, spot-up shooters that can make you pay for, uh, you know, pre-rotating and sagging off of, uh, you know, uh, off-the-ball guys. Yeah, and and it's weird. And Matt, I'll I'll let you get in on this too if you have anything to add to what we're talking about here. But I just want to say this real quick too. You know, if if you're just looking at the Mavs three point percentages on the team, like just going down the roster, yeah, you, you know, you see guys like Maxi and Dorian Finney Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. and even Luca. He's really you know upped his his three point shooting from what it was the first two seasons of his career. But there's just a lot of streakiness, you know. It's not really, it's not really consistent. You know, the guys are either on fire for long stretches or they're cold for stretches. It, it's not really, you know. In the end, it makes for good looking three point percentages, but you know, it, it just depend. It depends on what stage they're in, <laughs> whether they're hot or cold. So, I'm hoping, you know, if they can just stay somewhere around. 
what their season averages are, I think they'll be okay in this series, and they'll have a legit chance to uh, to knock off the Clippers. They just I mentioned it in yesterday's locker room. They absolutely cannot have another instance like they did last year uh, where Maxi went from a 37% three-point shooter in the regular season to shooting 19% in that series against the Clippers. That's just, that that's going to be a killer. Uh, as good as Luca is, uh, as good as KP can be when he's engaged and healthy, this team is in a lot of ways, you know, uh, their success is dictated by the sum of their parts. So uh, I, I really think that they're going to be dependent on how those, those role players shoot in this series. But uh, Matt, you have anything to add? Well, yeah, I mean, that's just the, that's just the 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 um the risk you take going into the series. I mean, that's who the Mavericks have been all season. And I think that's where the Clippers definitely had the have the advantage, but um as we know, you know, Rick Carlisle um seems to pull magic out during the playoffs no matter what the no matter what the personnel, no matter what the matchups. Um we've seen it throughout his entire Dallas tenure, so he's probably got something up his sleeve. Um and, uh, you know, you just got to hope that Tim Hardaway Jr. keeps playing well. You got to hope that Jalen Brunson keeps playing well. But I think the, the biggest difference between outside of the, the Clippers personnel this season is the Mavericks health. Right. Um, you know, Maxie obviously hasn't been, you know, what he was last season. I, you know, with I guess it's the COVID thing. I, I'm not really sure. But, you know, you've got you've got Dwight Powell playing pretty well. You've got Jalen Brunson. Um, and both of those guys were um, absent for the series last season. And they, I mean, they, they were huge, huge voids left by those guys. So um, I think that, you know, that's something that, that people have to consider as well, because, you know, if KP doesn't go down and, and they have Dwight and they have Jalen, even if they have Dwight and Jalen and KP still goes down, that series might've might gone very differently last season. So um, yeah. it'll definitely be interesting to see. Well, and like and like Grant said too, I mean the Clippers, they're they're a different team uh, than last year too. They've they've made some changes. Uh, in my and look, I, I get it. I, I put this on Twitter the other day. I, I understand that Montrez Harrell uh, hasn't had a great season this year <laughs> with the Lakers, and I get that at times last year he was a liability for the Clippers, especially defensively, uh, but. You know, he was one of those guys who just always gave the Mavs trouble. It was very hard for the Mavs to match his energy. Uh, and, you know, that, that energy was infectious, and it got the Clippers going. And, you know, he didn't put up, a you know, uh, huge stats in that series last year, but he had some moments where it kind of felt like he swung momentum in, a, in some of those games back in the Clippers' favor. So I'm glad he's no longer a Clipper. Um, you know, they have Serge Ibaka now. I'm not sure how that'll go. I don't, Grant, I mean, you, you've probably kept up with this more than we have just from an overall NBA perspective, but I mean, Serge Ibaka hasn't played in a while now, right? Yeah, he, ha- he's been, uh, sidelined for a long, long period of the season for sure. And he, uh, it'll be interesting to see if like how ready to go he'll be, especially like doing things like guarding out in space and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I mean, he yeah, we've seen it firsthand with KP after he sat out for long stretches. When he comes back, 
you know, even if he's hitting a couple of shots defensively, it, it, it's just awful. You know, it takes him a, a pretty good while to get in a groove. Uh, so with Ibaka being out as long as he's been out, uh, you, you kind of wonder if that could be an area that could, uh, that could potentially help the Mavs in this series. And, uh, Zubak, I mean, he, he plays like prime Shaq against the Mavs. So he's going to be a, <laughs> he's going to be a handful. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think, uh, with KP healthy, like we, we saw it last year and he only played 2.5 games out of those six in that series, but he played really well. Him and Luca played really well together against the Clippers and it was just unfortunate. Uh, that he wasn't able to finish that series with the meniscus injury. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. He seems to be, you know, fully healthy. They played it very cautiously with KP down the stretch. Uh, he looked he looked okay offensively in those last couple of games uh, before the end of the season. And we'll see if uh, if my prediction of him turning it on defensively in the postseason comes true. Because I really do think it's been a mental thing and he just – he just hasn't wanted to uh, to risk getting hurt before the postseason. I think he's physically capable of being the guy we saw more often last year. So we'll see if that happens. All right, guys, uh, we're going to start. Wanna, bring- hold on, sorry. I just I wanted to make one quick comment that I've kind of found funny as we're going through this. Don't the Clippers kind of sound just like on paper is like a really bad Eastern Conference team with their role players? Like Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, uh, all these all these guys that used to be on trash rosters in the East, and now they've all come over to the Clippers and they somehow made it work. I just, you would, I just thought that's funny. You I, would. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on paper you would think that, especially if you don't watch a lot of Clippers games, which I don't. But I have to admit, you know, Luke Kennard, he's been pretty good. Uh, well, I, yeah, still don't, but... I still don't think he's worth that money <laughs> that they gave him, but he has, you know, been pretty good. But Batum, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was definitely washed uh, when he was. Uh, who was he with last? Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know. They, they've been all good. I, I get what <laughs> I get what you're saying, though, Matt. That was a that was a uh, vintage Matt take there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. 
We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, we're going to start bringing some speakers here. Jesse, what's up, man? Hey, guys, how's it going? Pretty good. What you got for us? So, yeah, I mean, the this is a totally different Clippers team. Like, they're, they have about 12 players deep in this roster that can really contribute. They got about eight or nine players that are shooting around the 40% from three range. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league. Um, they're, you know, they're top 10 in both offense and defense. And they're, they're one of the best offenses in the league. So, I think it's going to be very tough. This is going to be a totally different team. The one thing that I like about the Mavericks matchup with them, though, is ha- we have a lot more people than they uh, than we had last year. You know, being able to play, actually having a screen to pick and roll action in this in this playoff series where we didn't last year is going to be huge for us. And I do think that Carlisle is hiding a lot of stuff and will unleash it in the playoffs, especially with. Uh, Porzingis maybe being a little bit more aggressive with the rim running as well as Powell, who wasn't there last year. And then the the one thing about Brunson though is yeah Brunson's not gonna uh, wasn't there last year and is going to be there this year. But Brunson tends to get swallowed up by the Clippers. He doesn't have the size to get those little hezy moves and and those fakes. Like it doesn't work against this Clipper team that is just like a lot bigger and stronger. So I think that's going to be an issue. Um, but I think the biggest thing is the Clippers have kind of lost a little bit of momentum. They've gone four and six in their last ten, um, are you know obviously intentionally tanking. And some of those shooting numbers are – I don't know if that's going to hold up in the playoffs because they don't really have spacing. They don't really, they don't really get to the basket. Um, Kawhi and Paul George both aren't really big on getting to the basket. The one thing about Paul George is he shoots uh, uh, 0.419% from the field in the playoffs, and a lot of that is because he's just kind of reduced to a jump shooter. So if he can miss shots, then we have a chance. I still think Carlisle wins a game uh, by himself in the X's and O's. I think he's a better coach than Ty Lue as far as that goes, obviously. And I think Luca wins a game, but I think this probably goes goes to the Clippers. Grant, what's your what's your take on that? I know we talked a little bit about the uh, uh, the Clippers three point shooting, and you you mentioned that this is pretty much where Josh Richardson is going to have to prove his his worth, given the disappointing season he's had. Uh, I mean, how how do you see the Mavs defending that that three point shooting, and uh, what do you think about our guy Jesse's take there? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with with everything that uh, that Jesse said. I think uh, you know something interesting about like the Clippers this season is like uh, they become like uh, a little more reliant on Paul George and ISO situations in addition to his pick and roll ball handling. 
and both of those were struggles uh, for him in the playoffs last season. And, uh, you know, with him being reduced to like a like jump shooting, uh, settling for pull-ups, all that kind of stuff, I think uh, Josh Richardson's um, ability to kind of like navigate screens, uh, you know, get around off-ball screens and recover and to contest, I think all of those things are going to be very important and, um, you know, will make him – uh, you know, have like an opportunity to really like showcase his value, like, like, you know, throw out, you know, regular season, you know, missing some shots from three, um, you know, that, that definitely hurts. But if you can step up come playoff time and slow down, you know, one of the two stars on, you know, like a Clippers team, then that definitely changes the perception. Yeah. And I mean, look, that the, the Josh Richardson trade, it, it hasn't turned out the way everybody thought it would overall, but, uh, we all said it from the beginning that that trade was made with the playoffs in mind because, you know, in, in theory, I mean, we'll have to see how it goes, obviously, but, you know, in theory, you'd rather have Josh Richardson guarding Paul George than Seth Curry. <laughs> so uh, it, it, we'll see how that turns out, but I, I think Josh Richardson – if he can just shoot, and I mean, look, he's he's due for some some positive regression, uh, based on how bad he shot the ball this year. He had a career low three point shooting percentage for the season. Uh, so I I really hope he's able to just you know if he can just shoot decent, just around the the thirty five percent mark from three in this series, I think that would be huge for him because we know he's going to give the effort defensively. Uh, We'll see how effective that is because, like you said, Paul George, he's a really good spot-up guy. Uh, even when, you know, guys are contesting his shot, if he's got it going, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but, you know, if, if they can just contain him uh, and keep him from just absolutely killing him with hot streaks, then uh, I think they'll have a chance. So, uh, And, I mean, Jesse, I, I agree with your take that uh, – you know, the more I think the most likely scenario for this series, just taking off my Homer goggles a little bit, is you know, it, it probably does go six and it probably goes in the Clippers' favor. But I've said it all along if you have Luca and he's healthy and he gets this week off, uh, I, I think they have a chance to beat anybody, especially since and I know it's a different Clippers roster this year and they have. Uh, better three-point shooting and all that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really think if you give Luca a week off and you have KP, if he can stay healthy and your role players don't just have a significant drop-off in their shooting, it gives you a good chance to win. So. I, I think the, the biggest thing for me, the X factor, is Ibaka because Ibaka's played one game since March 15th, and that was the last game of the season. I, I think that... It, and us getting them in the first round, I think, is a benefit because if they don't really have that sort of spacing and we have KP that can go up against them that they didn't have to see last year, KP is going to have to really turn it on in his playoffs. But if he does and he's given us 23 and 10 or something like that and Luca is Luca, I mean, I think we match up star power to them. So it's just going to be up to the role players. Yeah, and I, I saw a stat uh, earlier that was – I'd have to look it up. There was a stat basically saying that Luka and KP in the pick and roll or any kind – or pick action, I guess, you know, they're they're top in the league as far as 
however many people have. Yeah, it was, was it, it was points per possession. It was like one point. I, I yeah, I, I know that stat. I'll have. To... Yeah, it it was basically what what I got from that is when Luca and KP are running any kind of pick action <laughs> with each other, good things happen. And I think there's a reason why they probably haven't done it more often than they probably should have this year. You know, Rick, he likes to uh, he likes to keep stuff like that close to the vest <laughs> uh, for postseason play. So uh, that's that's probably why we haven't seen as a, as much as we have to this point. So he he may just unleash that in the playoffs. And like I said, if KP is just he doesn't have to be great if he is just decent. Uh, on on the defensive end, uh, that that's a huge plus for the Mavs because I don't think the Clippers can do anything with uh, with Luca and KP with that tandem. You know they couldn't last year, and they likely the Clippers would have lost that series last year if KP didn't get ejected in Game One and he was able to p- play past Game Three. I, I fully believe that. Um, but okay, let's bring up somebody else here. Our second speaker is John. Let me get him in here. John, hey, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. What you got for us? No, I don't really have a question or nothing, but I do want to say something like Clippers are coming up. All I hope is that everything is firing accordingly to what Rick wants. Because, like, for what I've noticed is Rick does hold back a lot of things. Uh, it does show a lot when Luca admitted that he had COVID. They hide a lot of stuff behind doors. We're not going to see everything. We're not going to know what's really going on and so what i'm hoping is like when we come into the clippers i just want them to destroy them i truly want them to destroy them well look there's there's a lot of motivating factors uh for the mavs in this series not just the revenge factor from last year but you do have the little subplots you have rick carlisle versus uh rondo (laughs) you have uh (laughs) Yeah, you have Rick Carlisle versus Ty Lue, which isn't a rivalry, but like we've mentioned before, I I really think Rick could could coach circles around him in this series if he uh, if he really brings it. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very encouraged by that. I agree with you. I really hope they, like I said, I I'm not going to disrespect the Clippers for sure because I, they're super talented. I understand that this series can exactly. be bad for the Mavs, but. That being said, you'd like to see some of that uh, some of that karma come back on the Clippers just because of how how blatantly they tanked the end of that season. They wanted the Mavs. There's no doubt about it. It seems that way. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. They wanted the Mavs in the first round, and that's exactly who they're going to get. And you know, I really do hope it it turns out well for them as well. But uh, Matt, you have anything to add to that? I mean, I don't know. I. I... The Clippers still scare me, and, um, you know, I know Rick's got something up his sleeve. He always does, but, you know, this this is going to be an interesting series. I, I don't um, I don't know what to expect just because, you know, when the, when the Mavs beat them so badly earlier in the season, obviously Kawhi wasn't available. So yeah. it, it, we – I don't think we've had a good enough sample size to know how good these teams really match up against each other heading into this. Um, it makes sense, see, though. My, my, counter, opinion, but. my counter to that, Matt, is, you know, I've, I've, I've said from the beginning, that 50-point win over the Clippers, you know, we can basically just count that as a wash. It was early in the season. Kawhi yeah. didn't play. KP wasn't playing. 
Now, the second two games, you know, the, the, the second time they played, uh, the Mavs lost by 10, but that was a four-point game with a couple minutes left, and they just went cold. Uh, and Kawhi was playing in that one, and then uh, they played the Clippers again after that, and then that's kind of where the Rick Carlisle effect came in. You know, he made adjustments, and they ended up winning by 17, I think. <laughs> so, uh, and that that was with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing. So, yeah. uh, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's more even than what people might think, uh, especially in the national media. Because I saw the ESPN picks the other day, and there was literally I think Royce Young was the, was literally the only person who picked the Mavs out of yeah a, a ton of people on there. So, uh, which I like it that way. I like being the underdog. Uh, and I think they they really will have a chance to to beat them if they if they bring it because there you can tell this regular season versus last the Mavs just had a lot more confidence uh, playing the Clippers this year than they did last year in the regular season and I think that's oh, mainly yeah. because they they saw in the postseason last year like hey we <laughs> we can actually beat these guys we can compete with them so I think the I think the nervous factor is gone from that now i think they have more experience and you know i uh if if rick brings it luca is luca and and kp can be some kind of semblance of your perceived second star that he's supposed to be yeah uh, i I think that gives you a a real fighting chance so we'll see how it goes yeah like i want to i'm sorry my bad no i was just gonna say i agree with that i just the the for me there's just there's so many different x factors in this series that I'm just kind of having a hard time grasping on which way I'm leading this thing's going to go. Um, there's so many yeah. X factors on the Mavs side. There's so many X factors on the Clippers side. It's just, um, it's just, it's a very difficult series to read, which is to your point, which is why I think it's a little bit weird that ESPN was so slanted towards the Clippers because I literally, I do think this series could go either way. I just, I have no idea what to expect. The teams are so different that there's so many different things that, that are going to play a role in the series. Exactly. Um, it's it's just a complicated one to gauge. Yeah, yeah. like I, I'm I also wanna... not as smart as Grant and, and Dalton, <laughs> so I might not have a, have a basketball grasp on it. Like, I want to make the assumption that Carla was pretty much experimenting this whole time before playoffs. Like, that's what I want to uh, – I just assume that he's just been experimenting, trying to throw out a bunch of different things. Like, okay, if KP's not playing good, so what can I do? If – if Willie's not playing go, what can I do? Like, he's just been switching things all up because I don't – like, the starters really hasn't stayed the same throughout the whole, like, the postseason and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think Rick, he tends to do that every season. You know, he he thinks ahead. Uh, and sometimes, that, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not, you know, depending on <laughs> – Depending on what the Mavs are trying to accomplish in the in the regular season, you, you kind of wish he would, uh, you know, just go with just go with what uh, what works, what gets you more wins in the regular season. But sometimes he experiments a little bit, and it's almost like he's trying to keep his uh, opponents off guard for when he gets to the postseason. I, I really do think that's what what's been going on. But uh, Grant, what are some things you think uh rick could do in this series that we haven't seen you know a lot of that could uh you know maybe throw a curveball the clippers way i know we've talked about the kp uh luca kp pick action stuff but i mean what's some other stuff you could potentially see the clippers having trouble with 
Well, I think um, they're going to want to send a lot of pressure to Luca. You know, any any defense would uh, with how important he is uh, making plays. So I think someone like JJ Redick, who um, has a lot of experience hitting shots uh, like catch and shoot off the move, uh, will be pretty important. Like um, you know, ghost screening, Spain pick and rolls, things like that. Like just throwing different looks and making multiple Clippers players have to make decisions instead of you know just over and over again running like just basic high pick and rolls and uh, making it more predictable. Um, I think those will be pretty important aspects as well as like uh, some complimentary guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson when they're on the floor. um, I think it's going to be pretty important that they're able to attack off the catch uh, and make something happen uh, consistently. Um, and And I think in general, just shooting off the catch will be very important too. Like Tim Hardaway, uh, junior having that like one for eight performance uh you know like two games ago i think that's that's the type of stuff that you just can't have uh, like he's been very effective but you know things like that just cannot happen yeah and no, we th- that was another point that was brought up in yesterday's room uh tim hardaway senior wasn't able to be in the bubble playoffs last year no. <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna be here for the playoffs this year and we know how tim hardaway jr plays with his dad in attendance so i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping that that leads to a big series for timmy and that yeah. he can keep the uh the, the great shooting going because you know I, I he has been unbelievable i i knew he would he would raise his shooting percentages playing with luca when he came from the knicks i figured he was an underrated piece of that trade but Man, two straight years shooting 40% from three. I mean, he's been amazing. He's been amazing. He's arguably been the Mavs' second-best player this season, and that's that's just really good stuff from Tim Hardaway Jr. Who Nobody thought he would – I mean, we thought he would be good, but, I mean, I honestly didn't see him being this good uh, these last few years. So, John, we appreciate it, man. Good All stuff. Right. Uh, appreciate you guys. For sure. Appreciate you, Dalt. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Let's see who we got here now. Well, we don't have any speaker requests now. Okay. Uh, well, anything else y'all want to add? Grant, Matt? Um, I think maybe uh, the point that uh, was brought up earlier about Jalen Brunson against the Clippers was pretty interesting. I feel like that'll be a very important X factor, uh, you know, going up against lengthier defenders and, you know, just things like that throughout the series will be interesting to kind of see how he adjusts. Yeah, and KP, I mean, we've we've talked about it broadly, but, uh, I mean, what do you guys think? Am I am I wrong for just thinking that he's been extra cautious uh, and hesitant in this regular season because he doesn't want to get injured before the postseason? Because we've seen some small flashes from him uh, throughout the year where it's like, oh, okay, well, he's still capable of blocking shots and, you know, moving laterally. Uh, but then it just hasn't happened as often as we'd want to. And I, I, I hope it's not a physical thing where he's just not capable uh, of of doing it anymore. But I don't know. What do y'all think? No. No, I, I completely agree with you. Like, I feel like it was way too soon for them to throw him into the game. But just like what KP was saying, he's a, he's a basketball player. You're going to want to play. You want to get them the conditioning bag. You want to play real games just to have the feel of it. But at the same time, I feel like Casey has to tell him, like, you need to calm down. You're not fully there yet, but we'll give you the run. We'll we'll let you play a game or two here. But I feel like it's just him trying to push on the staff, like, hey, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. But them knowing that you're not there yet, 
I need you to calm down a little bit. Wait till the playoffs, and then go ahead and. Yeah, and I I really do think that's what's going to end up happening for KP. I mean, for his sake, I I hope it happens because uh you know, I, I mentioned in our buddy Kirk Henderson's pod, uh, his locker room a couple days ago that. I really feel like this series is going to dictate whether KP is a Mav next season or not. If you know, if he comes out there and, and balls out like he did last year, and uh, he doesn't get hurt again, I think he'll, I think he'll be on the team next year, and they'll just look to add around him and Luca. Uh, if he looks like he has, you know, the end of the season, and it wasn't just him uh, having a mental thing, and he just really is bad defensively now. I think they'll look to go in a different direction. Um, or, but, or if he gets hurt, if he get if he gets hurt again, I I, I think they're going to lose their patience, and I think they're going to try to move on as well. Because let's say he goes, you know, I mean, you guys say he's been holding back or whatever, you know, but let's say he does go quote unquote a hundred percent in this series, and then in the second quarter of game two, something happens or like the first quarter of game three, something happens and he's out for the rest of the series. I think it has the same effect of, if, as if he didn't play well. Yeah. And I think they could look to move on from him as well because that's, you know, I mean, this is his last chance. They've, they've been trying to make this thing work, you know, since, since the beginning. And it, there's always something else with KP. It's always, you know, either an injury or something in the media with him saying something snarky or, <laughs> you know, him, him on defense or his, you know, his offense being cold, whatever the case may be, there's always something else. And if something happens again in this series, I, I, I think it's over too. Yeah. If you, if, if you can't, if KP can't stay healthy for this series, then all the load management throughout the regular season uh, all the extra being cautious and, you know, him not going 100%, at least what we think, not going 100% because he think he might get hurt. If if all of that doesn't pay off in the postseason, then you're just wasting time because you're already, exactly. you're, you're already pretty much sacrificing wins during the season, especially on second nights of back-to-backs when Luka just has to kind of do it all himself uh kp not playing because of the injury management stuff so if 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 doing all of that doesn't provide some kind of dividends for them in the postseason then you you have to start looking in a, in a different direction i mean that's just that's just the name of the game they can't they can't keep doing that year after year and then you know expect luca to be like Dirk, have Dirk type loyalty, <laughs> you know. If it, if his if his perceived second star can't stay healthy for the playoffs, and he's just wasting postseasons for the next handful of years, I mean, that's. I'm not saying Luke would would leave, but I'm, I'm saying he'd likely at least think about it. Uh, so, that it's it's going to be a big postseason. That's just the bottom line. It's a big postseason for KP individually. It's a big postseason for the Mavs collectively. Uh, because they they did end up taking a step forward, even though they had that horrible January stretch due to COVID, and uh, you know guys having injury stuff, they uh, they still ended up with the fifth seed, took a step forward in the Western Conference, and uh, you know we'll see how it goes. They they have some experience under their belt now. We've seen what Luca can do in the playoffs, I, 
And look, I I know I've been kind of beating this drum <laughs> for the last couple of days, but I really think the week off is going to make more of a difference than what most people think because he literally they gave Luca a day of rest or they gave him a game off not too long ago, 2 weeks ago. So he had like 3 or 4 days He ended up he ended up coming back against the Wizards and put up, up 30, 20 and 10. <laughs> so, I think this this week off is really uh, going to help him out and it's going to help the Mavs out. So, uh, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, we had a good one today. Matt, appreciate you being back with us. It's always fun. And uh, Grant, we appreciate you joining us for the first time. We'll definitely have to do it again sometime, Matt. Yeah, for sure. I always uh, enjoy listening to you guys. It's fun to, to be on, for sure. Hey, yeah. I don't talk to nobody else about basketball. And then stuff like this, the locker room, has probably been like one of the best things ever. So oh yeah, stuff like this is great. Oh yeah, the lock, lock, uh, Matt and I were uh, we've talked about it before, and we were talking about it in our Blue Wire uh, group chat the other night too. The the locker room experience overall has been great because it, it's an easy way to connect with the with the Mavs community and really any community, you know, the NBA community in general, and uh, it's made it a lot easier for us to interact with you guys, and it's been a lot of fun for us too. Uh, but, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, later today, we'll have this up as a regular pod as well, so you can go back and listen to it. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. So, hope you all guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and get ready for Mavs Clippers Game 1, 3.30 Central Time on Saturday. So, we'll see you next time. Y'all have a great one. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.